0: Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people, and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. So hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of CFO 4.0. So with me today is Stefan Gamble, who is the CEO of Warsaw FC. And if you haven't guessed, if you're listening um, to this on a podcast, you will see in his background, if you get a chance to look at the video, an amazing view from the office. So welcome, Stefan. Fabulous to have you on the show. And thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, Looking forward to it.
0: Well, you've had a really interesting journey, right? So I won't tell everyone, I personally won't tell everyone about it. Do you want to just talk through sort of how you ended up in your role and your journey, you know, both before um, and with Walsall?
1: Okay, yes. So um, where shall I start? Um, start at university, perhaps. Um, went to university in Liverpool, uh, did a sociology degree, which is not your, your typical for a, a financial person, um, but uh you know finally in a final uni- university uh i you know I needed to decide upon a career path um I spoke to the careers advisors and was advised you know you could do a lot worse than getting into law or finance so you know I looked at the, the options um, uh, applied for a few graduate placement jobs and I was fortunate to get uh, a graduate placement job at a county firm BDA story Hayward in birmingham um and so uh from there uh qualified as um Certified Chartered Accountant uh, over a three-year period, worked in practice for five years, and during that time worked in a lot of different industries. Um, as I'm just sort of finding my way, really, of uh, where my sort of interests lay and what the future held for me, uh, And one of the clients we looked after was Walsall Football Club. Um, and one of my other passions outside of um, the accountancy, is e- e- sport and football in particular, and... um so I got I got to know the the then chief executive, then, the then owner, and the then financial director at the football club, and I knew they were looking for someone on the financial side. And so, sort of one thing led to another, put myself forward for a, a management accountant position, and I was fortunate fortunate enough to get that. Um, and then from there, uh, uh, came in, did the management accountant role for three four years, uh, became financial director, uh, and for the last. 13 years, no, 13, 12, 12, 13 years, I've been chief executive at the football club. It's a very short and quick, uh, you know, update, but that's, that's how I ended up here.
0: But some really interesting transitions as well, isn't it? So firstly what I find fascinating is your um your the fact that you didn't come in to go to de- you know you didn't get the degree in accountancy. Mm-hmm. you didn't follow that traditional route. Mm-hmm. So so what made you choose? Law, finance, where what was it that attracted you to finance in the first place?
1: I think I've always I've always been good with numbers. I uh, did a maths A level, um, and it's something that you know, throughout school, you know, I just like making things balance and, uh, you know, I like the uniformity of it. And so, finance just sort of stood out for me as something that um, I, I actually just got a lot of uh, enjoyment out of, you know, balancing equations and that sort of stuff, you know. It's, uh, so, it's in it a natural progression for me.
0: Absolutely. And as you made that transition from, I guess, being in practice to, being in working for a finance organization how big a shift was that for you personally
1: it's um it's it's pretty significant for anyone I think moving out of practice into industry um, whatever industry you move into you, you don't really get to appreciate the commercial reality of, of working in an industry um, you know you're a little sheltered I think um, working in practice which is fine because that, you know that's your industry effectively but actually sort of getting out there and working in uh, an industry where it, it's really important to, you know, obviously you've got to generate turnover, you've got to be profitable um, and you've got to manage the expectation of spectators, uh, sorry, of stakeholders and in my case, spectators and football fans. So it was a real big shift from, from auditing the books of, uh, you know, many different companies to coming into a very specific commercial arena and just managing that transition.
0: And what's it like working in the world of football? Because it sounds like every every lad's dream of job that works in finance is to do finance for a football club. So, so what are some of the unique challenges that you have in perhaps football that you don't have in other industry?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been very fortunate, to be honest, to be able to to use my professional qualification in in, a, in something I love. You know, something I have a real passion for. Um, but you know it's challenging um it, it's not like any other industry because um you know we we set we set targets we set budgets um and we do that for the commercial department and the conference events department and so on and you you have a you know a budget and you expect a return and you can manage the margins but then the football side of the business you you allocate x amount of pounds to uh and managers to choose the players and then hope that the team perform on the pitch. And that's largely beyond your control, the results. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's just very different to sort of any any other sort of standard sort of industry.
0: I can imagine. I guess budgeting's a real challenge as well because obviously things can change quite dramatically, can't they?
1: Yeah, they can. I mean, the one thing that a set of the costs, so, you know, you sign a player and you commit to a contract and you've got to pay him, but it doesn't guarantee that we're going to get uh, win matches on a Saturday. And, then, you know, the only way of getting people to come through the turnstiles and sit in the stands is be successful. So it's difficult to project your your, your revenue, but it's, it's pretty easy to project your costs. Um, but just balancing them all the time is a real challenge.
0: Oh, I can, I can, I can only imagine. And is is it very much sort of a fixed period, or is there lots of dynamic variables going through season? Yeah. Um, you know, how does that differ?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really different. I mean, the the business uh, is a three hundred and sixty five day uh, business. You know, it's not just the twenty five times a year we play a match here on the stadium. We have to generate revenue throughout the year. Um, that's why we've got commercial re- um, revenue. We have a Sunday market here that has twenty thousand visitors a week. Uh, We've got a conference events facility that's a two million turnover business in its own right. So and they're all very seasonal. So the football will run from July through May uh, and the conference uh, venue runs all year round. Um, So, yeah, so it's very diverse.
0: So you've got businesses within the business by the sounds of things.
1: Yeah, it's one limited company. uh, But within that limited company, there are various cost centers. Um, We've got the football, obviously. We have the conference events, uh, we have the commercial side of things, and then we have the retail, which is your replica kits and your football shirts and that sort of stuff.
0: Fabulous. So uh, so lots of challenges for anyone working in finance in football as they go through.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And as you made that shift from management accountant to finance director, what do you think sets you up for success? Because, you know, it can sometimes be hard to make that step up a level, can't it? Even within the organization and as things come became available, was there anything, what were your secrets to success that sort of, the, you know, you were the person that they wanted to take it forward?
1: Yeah, I think the five years I'd had as management accountant were absolutely invaluable because you get to understand the commercial side of the business. Um, you get to understand managing staff. You get to understand managing cash flows uh, in a real-time basis. So... I, I was ideally placed, really, to step up into that role. Um, um, but I think probably key to it is um, using your professional qualification and your skill set, but in a commercial environment, and getting that experience that then gives you the platform to go on and take take the next step step up the ladder.
0: And what would you say to anyone that's in that same position in terms of as a, a management accounting, wanting that, either that finance director role or an FD wanting to shift up into more of a CFO role, what what do you feel like they should focus on apart from obviously doing the day job really, really well?
1: Um, I think they've got to be prepared to take on more responsibility and more challenge because obviously with a, the uh, the step up comes uh, more pressure. Um but also more rewards. So I think it's having confidence in your own ability. Um, I think, you know, I was always just, I, I was ambitious and I wanted to progress in my career. Um, but by the same token, you know, lots of people just enjoyed their day-to-day job and very happy in that in that role. But I think if you're going to take the step up, you do need that ambition. Um, and I think you do need to be prepared to take on more responsibility um, and expect the pressure. But it is, it's well, it's well worth it.
0: Oh that's yeah no i think that's always the the challenge isn't it like it sounds great having that mm-hmm. title but like you said there's a huge amount of pressure that comes with it and what did you feel like that from a pressure perspective what are the the challenges um or pressures that you felt as as you came into that fd
1: role i think um cash flow management is is the obvious one data you know everything else flows from that you know if you get your cash flow management right your profit and loss will follow um, and it's in an industry really where, as I said earlier, some some of the income streams we can predict with ease uh, and, and certainty. And some of them, um, particularly related to the football, are very, very um, dynamic and really dependent on how well the team is doing. And, you know, as I say, that is something that you have limited control of.
0: So how do you cope in that environment? Because there's obviously there's a lot of other businesses now that are getting used to that volatility. Mm-hmm. Like I think... I don't think I've been in a time in finance where it's been this volatile with everything that's going on. So how do, you, how, does, how do you in football manage the fact that you perhaps don't know the numbers that you're going to get week from week?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, as a club, you know, over the last 20 to 30 years, so a lot of it during my time, but even before sort of my predecessors, um, the key to it is diversifying your income streams and not being totally reliant on the football. Um, which was why, why we have those four cost centers that, um, and, and a whole set of customers that uh, are not in any way, shape or form influenced by the performance on the pitch. Now, the, the biggest, the easiest way for us to generate money is to be successful on the pitch. Um, and that, that comes with the biggest rewards. Um, but when we're not successful on the pitch, cause we're not always, um, it is important that you do have a, re- you, you can rely on um, steady income streams, um, you know, when the football isn't going so well. Um so I suppose that's how we've managed to cope over that, you know, over time.
0: Absolutely. And and how are your obviously, um, from your expectations now, being on the other side, now having I'm assuming an FD to in to replace you and your original role, how did you how did you think about your replacement out of interest? What were you looking for?
1: I'm actually still <laughs> I don't have a replacement. I'm still both still working. <laughs> well I'm sorry, I'm both. <laughs> I'm both. I'm I'm chief chief executive, but I look after the finance side of things as well. I have a management accountant that works for me Uh, and and, and an accounts team, but I still oversee the financial function. So unfortunately, I know I don't have an, uh, an FD that reports me just yet.
0: I, are you, out of interest are you planning on it is it something that you you're looking for or is it one of those things that when you get the time energy and budget to do it that's what you're uh, going
1: to focus I on? think it's it's been a combination of of the, that yes time energy uh, budget to do it but you know just recently um speaking with the owners of the, the business then um that that is something that's going to accelerate um to to free my time up to focus on on more of the, the commercial issues
0: so that's a really fascinating how do you balance obviously all of the pressures of being CEO with still having to keep that sort of that eye on the the finance piece what's your, what's your secret
1: um i i think um i might be wrong but i think uh in my experience C- CEOs tend to either come from a financial background or or from a commercial background uh and and i think because of my background i would always want to be you know really in touch with the financial side anyway and then, and the reality is no business runs um, without knowing where they are financially. And so it's, it's the single most important function, you know, that dictates everything. So for me, having my finger on the pulse of the financial side uh, of the business would, is still really important, whether there's an FD there or not.
0: So I guess it's getting away from maybe the transactional side of the finance piece but and having a good team in finance without necessarily needing that financial leadership because that's a piece that you're really strong in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. Uh, and and the, the team below me, the management accounting down, they, they do exactly that. They do all the inputting of the data. They do all the production and management accounts. You know, I sort of top and tail it at the end of every month. Um and just keep, keep abreast of where we are with it, you know, particularly, as I say, on the cash flow side of things, because that, you know, makes the world go around.
0: Oh, it does. Cash mm. is king, mm. as they say. Mm. So, so how did you find the shift? You know, obviously, you didn't completely drop your FD responsibilities, but how did you find that shift from that FD role to this, the CEO role?
1: It, really interesting, um, really challenging um but but also very very rewarding i mean certainly um within football uh as with other sort of industries the the profile um of of being the ceo comes with other expectations um from supporters and from um you know within the industry and you 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 end up with a much higher profile than you would if i was working in, in in another industry or another business so so that side of it is a challenge and that side again it's one of those things that you, there's nothing that can really prepare you for it you, you have to you know you you sort, of, you sort of learn on the job and you gain experience from doing things like like these podcasts and interviews with with newspapers or television or radio um and so that probably was the biggest shift uh, you know the business side of things i was i was i was very comfortable with handling um, but that sort of the media side, um, is a, something I'd never really done before. And then picking up the commercial side as well, sort of, and, and overseeing every department. Um, I think my role as FD gave me a really good grounding because, you know, the FDA is the, the, the accounts department is a department on its own. It just feeds into every department. So it knows what's going on in every department. So that sets you up well for moving up into to a CEO role as well.
0: So obviously it sounds like the FD role that you played within the organization was actually really commercially focused and so not just the sort of the making sure the numbers are right and they're out, but actually you, were you involved in the day-to-day commercial finance?
1: Yeah, works? absolutely. I think we're, we're a relatively small team um here sort of sort of managing the business and so as part as the fd you're part of the executive board and and you you'll sit with the commercial director and the you know the chief executive and you'll be across everything really so you do play a part in in, in putting all of that together and understanding every element of it um, obviously the, the numbers of which is probably the most important.
0: And and did you put your hand up for CEO or were you, was that a com- was it a conversation that was suddenly dropped in your lap? How did like how did that So so about? my
1: predecessor had been in the role for um, who had been at the club for 30 years and was coming up for retirement um and um I, you know as soon as I, you know, I, I, learned that then obviously I put, I spoke, went to the owners and put myself forward and said, I'm, I'm the man for the job. Uh, and unfortunately they, um, they agreed and they backed me. Uh, and so when, when my predecessor moved on, he actually stepped, stepped aside and, and just took on the role of commercial director on a part-time basis. Um, so he was around as well for a period of time. Um, uh, but yeah, put myself forward and, and they thankfully they backed me and here I am. It's
0: fabulous. And, and and did he was he um did you have any mentors or was there any support that you got both either within or without the organization that you think helps you bed into that role
1: yeah definitely um certainly my predecessor as chief exec, um you know he he was he was always on hand um, and he still he still is um on hand if ever if ever needs be um at the club uh to to give me some guidance and then the owner of the club the chairman um showed a lot of faith in me and and mentored me um, over many years um, to set me up really for the role.
0: And what would you say to anyone that's maybe in a finance leadership role that wants to step into that either chief exec or managing director role? What would you say to them that they need to
1: I think commercial, uh, understanding the numbers is one thing, but the commercial reality is, is also crucially important. Um, it's understanding the commercial backdrop of whatever industry you work in. Um. You know, it's, it's easy to produce budgets and numbers and say we need to achieve um, whatever targets are set. But I think you need to understand the, the restrictions within your industry um, and the commercial landscape. And I think to have that really good understanding of the commercial side added to the, the, the financial sides will give you a really rounded view of um, of any role that you're applying for. So I think if you were going for a – if you were looking for a, a chief exec role as a, as a finance professional um, – if, if I was interviewing, I'd want to know that they've got a really good understanding of the commercial side of the business as well.
0: And how did you either get that? Was that just something that you came across in your role as finance? Or was it something you actively went after so that you were in? A no,
1: I actively went after it. I actively went after to understand the business, every aspect of the business uh, and the industry uh, better, uh, better than I did uh, when I first walked through the door. And I think, you know, if you do that, then you do set yourself up um to hopefully to, to to get these positions
0: and how did you do it? was it just conversations was it time spent with people on the ground like how did you approach
1: it everything really um speaking speaking to people within the business speaking to people externally um within football uh, and the EFL, um there are 72 other clubs with 72 other financial directors and chief executives and Uh, we speak quite regularly as well to get uh, you know so you build up a network of people over time you build up an understanding across different types of clubs and different all within the same industry it just gives you a good grounding really for getting that better understanding
0: and obviously you've worked um, with the club since you were obviously first came into the role of management accountant so how have you developed your your team management skills over the years? you know because that must yeah a um, shift as you come up yeah with i think
1: the, the single biggest challenge uh, uh, as you as you move up the the employment ladder is 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 um, your staff really and and getting to um, appreciate and understand and, and learn how to manage them effectively um, but again, that's that's something that is hard it's it's you know it's one of the hardest things you have to manage and and again it comes with um experiencing the role and i think anyone that's in a management accountant role will probably have people reporting to them a purchase ledger clerk or or payroll or something like that um anyone in in an n f d role will have a management accountant uh amongst others are reporting to them. Uh, so before you step up into the chief exec role, you are picking up experience as you go along. But then ultimately, when you do become chief executive and you're responsible for 400 people um, working within the organization, that's just another level up again. Um, so, yeah, again, it's I, I'm not sure there are specific things that you can do um, to, to help you along that journey. But just... In my experience, it's actually just living it day to day has sort of given me the the ability to be able to handle you know those sort of situations. So
0: try, try yeah, I think by, it dropped in at uh, the deep fire end fire is another way of putting like. it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there's yeah, a few cliches we can absolutely. pull out right but
1: uh, now. <laughs> Yeah. so
0: And as you look back over your journey, what what do you wish somebody had told you or what conversation would you have with yourself at each of those different stages? You know, um, and and what advice would you give yourself as you think back of where you you came from?
1: Blimey. Um, I think believe in your own ability. You know, get really good at what you do. Get a really Mm -hmm. good understanding of it. Um you know do you get to a point where you can do whatever job you're doing with your eyes closed um and also I think in my case um to progress, take on a you know other other duties and roles that may not necessarily fall within your remit you know make yourself make yourself really valuable to the business um you know and put that will give you a platform and put you in a position when key roles um you know right at the top of any organization are coming up. You automatically are on people's uh, minds because you, the way you've gone about your day-to-day job, the pride you've taken in it, um, and you know, you've know you gone that little extra mile and I think that will always stand anybody in good stead.
0: Were there any projects that you look back on or key responsibilities you stuck your hand up for that you felt like really um, added to your experience?
1: Ah, good question. I'm not sure I could think of specifics. Um, I think just... Being, you know, it's very easy to become sort of pigeonholed. Um, I think, you know, perhaps I'm a sweeping generalisation, but you could sit in a finance office and you could not really interact with other departments and you could just, you know, tick and bash and do your day job and, uh, you know, work nine to five and at the end of the day you walk home, you don't think about it till you get, you know, uh, when you get back the following morning. I think I think getting involved in other parts of the business, uh, which I had a really interesting, you know, uh, One of the things I took on quite early was was doing all the player contracts, Um, and so getting uh, you know I'd done sort of uh, employment law modules within my qualification and training, but uh, and and I I don't really have a qualification to do that. You know, we we still use employment advisors, but just getting a better understanding of how player contracts were put together, staff contracts were put together, Um, just just broadening your own horizons really and giving yourself. more understanding of the wider business implications of everything that happens. So, um, and and again, doing doing the player contracts and negotiation with player agents, players, and that sort of stuff. Again, it's something I was interested in because football was a passion of mine. But actually, I don't think it matter whether it was a passion of yours or not. Just getting involved in those conversations certainly gives you a broader understanding of how you know the commerciality works and and the world ticks.
0: Yeah, no, that's. Yeah that's a really good insight like you say it's the stuff that you don't know if you're ever going to need one day that actually sets you aside when you start to change your
1: going yeah definitely um you know the stuff that i've never used uh since my studies um and then there's other stuff that years and years later becomes really relevant um so yeah i think just broaden your horizons and and, and take a pride and an interest in what you're doing
0: And if you think back through the years again, were there any particular challenges or turning points where you sort of had to take a step back and go, right, I need to dig in here. Were there any, like in terms of a finance context, in terms of a personal work
1: context? Yeah, we've had some challenges um, over the years, like every business. I mean, over recent times, COVID obviously, dealing with that was, um, you know, incredibly tough time and we, had to think outside the box um, and really had to work hard to keep the business, keep keep the club in business. Um, and then, you know, th- th- there've been other instances like that. Um, football, again, there are, there's promotion and relegation, so there are great rewards and there are great um, difficulties that come with that because your funding for for every level of the football pyramid is different. So the challenges year on year. You can only sort of budget realistically one year in advance because you don't know which division you're going to be in the year beyond that. I mean, we do have two, three year uh, horizons, but the reality is you're so dependent on how you're doing one season to the next that it's difficult to to plan further than that with the football side. Um, with the other areas of business, we can be a bit more specific. And, you know, with the conferencing side, we can invest in facilities and look for a return over a period of time. Um again, same with commercial deals that we do. Um, you know, we do shirt sponsorship deals that'll last for two to three years. We do stadium naming rights deals that'll last for five years. Um so yeah, all those sort of things really all all sort of come together to make to make the, the one role. Um so it's already varied.
0: Absolutely, I bet it's not one one day is not the same as the next when you're coming in.
1: <laughs> Literally every single day is different. There'll be a different <laughs>
0: And is that something yeah, you thrive off personally, or would you quite like a bit of stability?
1: At, at times, I absolutely would like a really boring, down-to-earth, day, day-to-day job where I knew what exactly what I was going to do every day, but I don't think I'd last very long. Um, you'd, I, I think one of, the, one of the best about working in this industry and being a chief executive is that literally every day is different. Literally every day is different and there's different problems every day and you've got to come up with a different solution every day. But, um, I think I'd be bored if I was, if I was, if I was just doing some sort of, you know, just, uh, just a, a bug standard, uh, ordinary day job, which, you know, I, Lots of people do, and I have absolute respect for them. But I think I'd, I'd probably just need to challenge myself.
0: I think I'd be the same, to be honest, Stefan. I'm not sure I could... Uh, do, yeah, one of the things I love about my job is that I literally... You never know quite what you're going yeah, exactly. so it's part of the fun. So I, I, I understand that. I completely understand that. And I, and out of interest, how do you think you your, the perception of you in finance... Helped or hindered your transition to chief executive, as in either within the club, within the stakeholders? Do you, do you, which, which side of the fence do you think it fell
1: on? Um, I think a bit of both, to be honest. I think certainly, as as a club, I mean, football's a different industry, difficult industry to make money in because w- what you have to pay the players and what you have to, you know, to, yeah. to actually make football happen, it's very, very expensive. Um, and then to, to generate revenue to cover that is sometimes a challenge uh because we've diversified the business because we've um we've got different income streams that aren't reliant on the on the, the results um uh, then we've managed to be profitable for i think off the top of my head fifteen or sixteen years in a row um and and
0: uh, wow it's a bit of an achievement in football isn't
1: it that it is it is certainly at a level it's an achievement um and the, the vast majority of clubs lose money and are reliant on owner funding. Uh, whereas our our business model is totally different, so I think within um, so in in being able to achieve that um, that that is obviously puts us uh, and in a good light and puts me in a good light um, within the industry um, and you know obviously within the club. So so that's the sort of thing really.
0: And out of interest, obviously, with you being one of the few profitable clubs at your level, is there any pressure to extend the spending and start to, to put more towards players? I can yeah. only imagine the battles that go on internally when looking at player salaries and trading, etc. So how do you balance it? Well,
1: there is there always, always pressure to spend more money on the team. There's always pressure. We run it, uh, you know, we run it on, a, on a break-even basis. So when we budget, whatever drops out at the bottom of after you've taken into account all revenue, it's projected revenue, all known costs. Whatever drops out at the bottom is the player budget effectively. So we, uh, you know, we budget to try and break even every year and we've been quite yeah. successful doing that. Um, and, and we wouldn't change that model because it doesn't, it, it, if you overspend and you have no way of funding it, then you jeopardize the, the, the livelihood of 400 people who work for the, the football club. And also the football club more important than just the people who work for it. You know, it's, it's important to the town as a community asset. So you have to manage, despite the pressure, uh, and and some supporters really do want us to, you know, throw the kitchen sink at it and spend, spend, spend. But the reality is, um, we do have to be sensible about it. You know, we will take risks from time to time, calculated gambles, but um, you know, we want to be successful by being sensible as well, which isn't always popular
0: absolutely
1: with everybody
0: <laughs> i can yeah i was gonna say there's a lot of stakeholder management there
1: is I'm i mean when we're losing when we're two nil down wrong. at halftime on a saturday and there's five thousand unhappy people in the stadium it's quite a difficult one to balance
0: <laughs> yeah that's not the time to have the conversation is it
1: <laughs> no no so but there you go
0: and you're obviously incredibly passionate about football as well as your role of as chief exec so um, what would you say to, to anyone that would like to get into the industry? You know, sitting there going, oh, my God, that sounds like my dream drop. Um, have you got any advice? Um,
1: get some experience. I think he's probably, for every role that comes up at a football club, you yeah. get hundreds and hundreds of applications. Um, and, um, you know, of the applications, many, many people will be equally as qualified for the role. Um, however, you know, when I'm looking at positions and I'm, and I'm, I'm Mm. conducting interviews and that sort of stuff, experience, relevant experience is important, you know? So even if it's a bit of volunteering in, in certain departments within a football club, um, or, or whether it's, you know, a a Saturday job or, or a part-time role or, or something that makes you stand out from the crowd, that you've got some relevant experience, um, because they're source after jobs, I think that always helps
0: how do you find the crossing over of your your personal passion for football and the role like is there been any downsides to that
1: um I think you, you could easily fall into that trap mm. of 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 ruling with your heart rather than your head, but you know I've always sort of rationalized it in my mind that you know. I'd rather have an awkward conversation with a supporter after a game when we've lost um, and they're not happy about the performance than I would with any of the staff at the end of the month when if we we didn't have the money in the bank to pay them. So it's you know that's uh, it doesn't always make me popular with some people. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I can sleep I can sleep easy on the back of that's it.
0: That's the important thing. Yeah. And, and like you said, yep. it's bigger than just the people that work there. It's the future of the club, isn't it? That's in your, in your hands. And that's a huge responsibility.
1: Yeah. Look, we're, we're just custodians. The club's over 130 years old. Um, it's really important to the town. Um, there's many directors and chief executives gone before me and it will still be here when I'm long gone. So, it, you know, we're just custodians. So it's important that we look after it when we're, when we're here.
0: Absolutely. and out of interest, when you're looking for your next um, person in finance, your next either FC FC, are you is is the experience in football and specifically what is crucial for you, or do you feel like there's other things that you want given your background and your experience?
1: Um, I think an understanding of football would be good, not absolutely essential within the finance function. Um I think it's more essentially in other departments uh within commercial and retail and, and so on and so forth, but specifically financial um it, it, it is not like any other role that you would take because um you know because because of the way it's run and because of the stakeholders that are involved and so if you had got experience in finance within football, that would be helpful but not absolutely essential um and in some ways been able to look at it. Look at the figures totally without, you know, dispassionately about how any kind of results actually that helps in some ways as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, not, because you don't, not a bad thing. Maybe you want somebody that isn't a fan <laughs> in the
1: finance team. Yeah, well, yeah, and we do, we do have people who aren't fans in the finance team. They come and they do their job and they go home at the end of the day and they couldn't tell you what the result was <laughs> on a Monday morning over the weekend, but they haven't, equally, they haven't lost any sleep over it as yeah. well. Because you know, they, for for lots of people uh, at the football club, uh, in lot in many many different departments, you know, if you win on a Saturday, everybody's really high and they're coming to work on a Monday morning bouncing. And if you lose on a Saturday, it ruins the evening, you know. So it's and and uh, Monday mornings, everybody's a little little bit down. So um, so but as I say, the high the highs are really high, but you can but the lows are low. But you've just got to balance it. Um, so yeah
0: um and uh so for you personally though what 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 does the future hold what's what's getting you excited for the next few years
1: um we've recently had a, an ownership takeover we're now um, american owned for the first time in the club's history um the new owners have got real ambition for the football club um but sensible ambition they don't they're, they're not a, a group that's going to come in and just throw money at it, you know, that's just not sustainable in any way, shape or form. And the reason they've chosen Warsaw Football Club is because it is well run, it has other income streams and they feel that they can just um, augment that with strategic investment to make the club better. So the future for the club's really bright. Um, when I first joined, we were in the Championship, which is the, the division that sits below the Premier League. Um, we're actually in League Two at the moment, so we're three divisions below. So the ambition is to get back to the Championship and then see where we go from there
0: and and that's very much where the the club is going for you personally what what's your area of focus where do you want to be in a couple of years
1: um i i want to uh, i want to do well for the football club uh and you know um if if other opportunities arise um uh, further down the line then we'll we'll consider it but i think at the moment the focus is here uh, i'm happy here and um, we'll see where we go brilliant
0: and from a um personal development perspective where where is where do you think you will focus your personal development not as in roles but as in what what areas do you feel like you want to focus on or what do you think people should focus on given the current climate and where we're at
1: it's quite a difficult question really um i mean in terms of um you know i've, I've held what's the bench i've held other positions elsewhere you know I was i was, the the EFL has a 10 man board uh, and of that 10 man board six are voted by the 72 clubs to represent the clubs mm-hmm. and so i've i've actually been a uh, EFL board director um representing league 1 clubs uh, voted for by the, all the other clubs that gave me another string to my bow gave me another Uh, you know, opened a whole new corridor of doors for me in terms of network and future opportunities. And I think, um, specific, um, specific, specific development for myself. I think, I think we're still, uh, we're still nowhere near, uh, over the, um, repercussions of COVID, uh, and Brexit and, uh, and obviously now the cost of living crisis. And I think, just negotiate for me. Uh, it, it's going to be a real achievement to negotiate the next two or three years because I think there's some some choppy times ahead. Um, so that's probably where my focus will be addressing
0: the challenge that is all of the above. Hey, it's um, it's going to be an interesting Could, few years, I think, for for anyone in finance. That, you know, there's a lot there's a lot coming at once. It feels like there's this crossroads that we're all hitting at the same time, which is quite interesting
1: it is and i think that the challenge is we don't know where it's all going to end up nice. do we you know and that, that's we're all trying to second guess and and future proof and plan um but it's difficult and so i think um you know with the government support that helped everybody through covid um i think we're actually we're coming out of the other side of that now and and Interest rates are going up and prices are going up, and it's going to be much more challenging. I don't think we've seen um, the, the toughest challenges yet. I think they're still yet to come. Yeah,
0: no, I think football. I think I can understand. You know, with the with the the challenges around financing in the first place, then to add on the layers of inflation and um, uncertainty, I think that the the UK is particularly hitting that. That's. Um, that that's an awfully big challenge for the next few years to keep you keep you entertained and focused, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it'll probably keep me out of trouble.